This is the Trails Church Podcast. At the Trails Church, our mission is to glorify God by making disciples through the gospel in community and on mission. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website, thetrails.org. Now here's today's podcast. Open your Bible with me to Exodus chapter 31. Jamie and I had the privilege of being in Austin this week with a group of Southern Baptists of Texas church planters and their wives from all around the state. Did you know there are 20 million people in the state of Texas who don't believe in Jesus as their Savior? There's a lot of work to do. We were so encouraged by what the Lord is doing through our cooperation through the North American Mission Board. Together, we've planted almost 50 churches in the state of Texas just last year. From Austin to Brownsville, from Conroe to Little Elm. As a matter of fact, the North American Mission Board just celebrated having planted 10,000 churches since the year 2010. And the Trails Church is one of those. So we're grateful. Jamie and I went to serve these church planters and their wives, but we felt like we came home having received far more than we gave. Being around them caused us to reflect on, on our first days together as a church, walking by faith into the unknown, praying that God would go before us and that we might see him flex his hand and do remarkable things in this community working to make sure we had strong gospel doctrine and a rich gospel culture here. So we just counted blessings and answered prayers that we see around the trails. Around you, in you, people coming to faith in Christ, being baptized and growing as disciples, giving generously and sacrificially, pouring into others, building relationships, serving wholeheartedly. I look at you this morning and I see a living miracle. And I don't say that to um, just with empty words. I refer to you behind your back as an embarrassment of riches. It would be bad if I stopped at just embarrassment. But, but no, it's true. The Lord has given us such Remarkable evidence of his grace working in and through us. We have much to be thankful for, but guys, we're just getting started. We have so much that the Lord wants to do in and through us that we can't see yet. And it will take each of us living together for the mission in order to see the Lord accomplish all that I think he has intended. Today is our final week in our tour of the tabernacle. Technically, our tour was over Last week, uh, but let me point out one little problem that you might have noticed. Uh, Exodus chapters 25 to 30, where we've been studying for the last few weeks, contain a blueprint of what is supposed to one day be built. Remember, Moses is meeting with God on the mountain, and he gives him this vision of the tabernacle. As he sees this heavenly reality, he's supposed to build an earthly copy of it, only Remember, we've got these mirrored passages in Exodus chapter 35 to 40 where all these blueprints are then fulfilled. These plans came from heaven, but the work will come through the people who had been redeemed by the Lord. And that's what this shows us in Exodus chapter 31 is how these blueprints will become 
a building. And as I studied this passage, I thought about our mission and the ministry that God has called us to together. Our blueprints also come from the Lord, but the work is given to you and me. Every one of us who've been called by God as a son or daughter, each of us who've been redeemed has also been called to ministry, to fulfill the work of a minister. We see that required both uh, in the world, outside the walls of the church, and also within. And so here's my question for you, Trails Church, this morning from Exodus chapter 31. How are you stewarding the ministry God has given you? How are you stewarding the ministry God has given you? In Exodus 31, we have a window into how God chose to work through his people to build the tabernacle. He called and equipped them to fulfill a unique role in the task of building this place where God would dwell among them. What we learn from these craftsmen is how the Spirit of God enables us to serve the people of God, all aimed at the glory of God. I've changed the sermon title. Your bulletin will read something else, but I just couldn't get past this this week. In this passage, there is a call to ministry that rings through this text to each one of us. There's three things I want to highlight about this ministry from of old that also applies to yours and mine today. First, it is a God-given ministry. Second, it is a church-building ministry. And third, it is a God-glorifying ministry. Would you stand to your feet with me as we read together the first 11 verses of Exodus chapter 31. Though written long ago, speaks to us today. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood to work in every craft." And behold, I have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability, that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, and the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furnishings of the tent, the table and its utensils, and the pure lampstand with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the basin and its stand, and the finely worked garments, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons for their service as priests, and the anointing oil and the fragrant incense for the holy place. According to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. The first thing I'd like to draw to your attention is how the Israelites were entrusted with a God-given ministry. As we read the passage out loud, you no doubt heard that there's more going on here than just some creative types doing creative things. 
right? Rather, everything begins with God. Notice how specific people were called to a specific ministry. We're introduced to two men named Bezalel and Ohilab. Uh, those of you who are expecting future children, if you want a unique name for your kid, those are available. Bezalel and Ohilab were called by the Lord to steward their passions and their skills for the task of taking these blueprints that God had given Moses and constructing them, to build them, what we know now as the tabernacle. We know very little about these two men outside of what is mentioned here and a a couple of other places in the Old Testament. Both of their names connect in a way to the tabernacle. Bezalel means in the shadow of God's protection. Olihab means father is my tent. Now the meaning of those names both connect to the tabernacle and they may in fact be interesting, but the emphasis of this passage is about far more than just their names. The emphasis is how they were chosen by God for specific ministry. Verse 1 says, Bezalel was called by name to a specific act of service. By name is a phrase that indicates intimate knowledge of a person. It's used in Exodus 33.12 to communicate God's intimate knowledge of Moses. Here, it means that God has chosen and commissioned Bezalel for a holy task. Verse 6 adds that Ohilab was appointed by God. It wasn't that Bezalel uh, chose this for himself or that Ohilab appointed himself, but no, was appointed by the Lord. So while God himself had provided the plans for construction, he gave the blueprints, he gave specific ministry to people in order to construct the place where he would dwell. The other aspect of this God-given ministry I don't want us to miss is that it was shared. There is a sharedness to this task. It's not one person doing everything themselves. Notice there are multiple people. There are two names perhaps given in the headline, but there were a host of people that God had called to get in on the work. Don't forget where all of these resources came from. Where did the money and gold and fine fabrics and expensive inks, where did all this come from? Well, remember, God had provided it for them, but then the people gave to the Lord out of the generosity of their own hearts. We learned that back in Exodus 25. But now look at verse 7, where the Lord says, I've given to all able men specific abilities. Now, we'll explore those abilities in a couple of minutes. For now, I don't want us to miss the fact that all able people are to come and be a part of this work. Exodus chapter 36, verse 1 and 2, is part of the mirrored passage of them actually building what we see in blueprint form now. Exodus 36, 1 and 2 reads, Bezalel and Ohaliab and every craftsman in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know and to do any work in this construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. And Moses called. Don't forget, Moses is calling to the people on behalf of whom? God, thank you. Thank you. 
uh, and there he says, he called Bezalel and Ohlab, and every craftsman in whom the mind of the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him to come and do the work. The same thing we see, the God at work in the hearts to give financially to this. Now we see him at the work in the hearts of people to come and serve, to minister, to be a part of this great ministry. This was not a bit just about two people. It was about the Lord. And how he had welcomed his people to be a part of what he was doing, the shared work of this ministry. Let me just pause for a moment here and remind each of us who have been called by the Lord to be a part of his people that we each have also been given a ministry from the Lord. You are welcomed to come and share in what the Lord is doing. And not everyone's called to the same kind of ministry. Moses had a different ministry than Aaron. Aaron had a different ministry than Bezalel. Bezalel even had a different ministry than Oholiab. But the Lord had called each of them to minister in a specific way. Do you remember how we said that with Bezalel, God knew him intimately? God knows you intimately. God fashioned you. Before you were born, he knew you. He formed you in your mother's inmost parts and breathed into you the breath of life. He knows the number of your days. And in his great wisdom and divine sovereignty, he has placed you exactly where he has among this people and this place for this time. None of you are even here this morning by accident, but by divine appointment. I wonder if you view your vocation in life as a place to minister to the Lord. I wonder if you see your whole station in life. What has God put right in front of you as a ministry that God has called you to? You have a God-given ministry. The place that you work, the spouse that you have received from God, the children you've been blessed with, the friendships you have that the Lord has provided, your role in the church, every area of your life has been orchestrated by the divine hand of a good God. And this is the ministry that God has given to you. You are called to this. A teacher, a salesman, a CPA, a manager, an analyst, an attorney, the list goes on and on. What is the vocation God has called you to? What's the station in life? Who are the people around you? Who's the family God's given you? It's by no accident that you are given the life that you have and given a ministry to be the hands and feet of Christ himself right where you are. And I'd like you to consider even the whole of your life, thinking for a moment about the church specifically. We want to see our whole life as lived under the Lord Jesus. But specifically, what about in the church? Is your schedule so packed and your life so hurried that you have no time left to have a fruitful ministry among the people of God. God has called you and given you a God-given ministry. Second, notice that this call on the lives of these people was quite literally a church-building ministry. The Lord chose to work through these people from long ago to build a place where the people of God could come and worship, where the Lord would meet with them, And he worked in and through his people to build this place. There are a couple of areas of this church-building ministry 
that I want to highlight. First, notice how the people were empowered. We read in verse 2, the skills that Bezalel had as a craftsman were more than just raw ability. Rather, they were gifts of the Holy Spirit. The text says he was filled with the Spirit of God. The first time we see that phrase, the Spirit of God, was in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, when the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the deeps of the depth, and he's about to breathe into life all of creation. Well, here, the Spirit of God fills this man as God is about to breathe into existence the tabernacle where God will dwell among them. Now, you might find it surprising that after Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, where the Spirit of the Lord is hovering, the next time we find that phrase is actually right here. And the first time Scripture says a person is filled with the Spirit of God is not pertaining to Abraham or Isaac or Jacob or Moses. Instead, it's a construction guy. And all the construction guys said amen. It's a guy who could do some stuff with his hands. A guy who could read the owner's manual and figure it out. That might not have been the first thing you thought of when you think about being filled with the Spirit. But that's exactly what what is happening here. A man who was filled with the Spirit to create and to delegate, to build and to lead others in the building of the tabernacle. Sometimes Christians think of being filled with the Spirit. um, Always has some hyper-sensational experience. But often the New Testament shows that people are filled to do ordinary things in an extraordinary way. It's a helpful phrase for us. Being filled with the Spirit is we are doing ordinary things, but in an extraordinary way, because it's not us doing them. It's the Spirit of God working in and through us. For example, Acts 4.31, the apostles are filled with the Spirit, and they speak the message with boldness. Now, they were already speaking, but now their, their speaking is assisted with the unction of the Spirit from on high. Well, in a similar way, Bezalel was already going about the business of designing and creating things, but now this work that God had given him would be empowered by the Spirit of God from on high. It was empowered. Notice also, you see words like, he's filled with the Spirit of God with ability and intelligence, with knowledge uh, some of those adjectives there actually are, dis- are used in the Old Testament to describe God himself. God is giving to his people, empowering them with what they need. The other aspect of this church-building ministry is that they were equipped for it. They were not only empowered, they were also equipped. It's important to understand that when the Spirit of God empowered people for this task, it was not as if the skills of artistry and building were just downloaded in their operating system from the Holy Spirit. They were already there. The Lord was supernaturally working through their natural God-given abilities. As a matter of fact, it seems from the calling of Bezalel and the appointing of Ohaliab and the gifting of all these people who are able that their calling and the giving of skill sets came from long beforehand. 
Bezalel likely followed his dad around a job site, learning how to craft things, maybe of gold for wealthy people back in Egypt. Ohaliah probably got a career as a teenager, a job as a teenager, and all teenagers should probably have a job. Teenagers, if you're taking notes, you should write that down. I should probably get a job. He probably had a job as a teenager, assisting a project manager, learning how to create an org chart, and learning how to delegate and to hit deadlines that were, that were needed. The men and women who crafted and sewed these curtains were probably raised in homes where grandparents and intentional moms taught them how to have these unique and necessary skills for life as a nomadic people who would be living in tents. They would need to know how to make these dwelling places. The point is, when the time came for called, qualified, gifted people to steward their gifts for the building of the tabernacle, the empowerment and the equipping were there. The empowerment and the equipping were there. Now, even though we are constructing a church building ministry. Some of you thought the church building ministry was a new capital campaign or something like that. It's not. I don't even have in mind sheetrock and foundation and metal studs here. We're not talking about a building. We're talking about building up the body of Christ. The church building ministry that God gave to Israel was to build a tent that would one day wear out. And it would be replaced by a permanent temple in Jerusalem, but eventually by an even greater tabernacle. Matthew Henry comments, when Christ sent his apostles to rear the gospel tabernacle, he poured out his spirit upon them to enable them to speak with tongues the wonderful works of God, not to work upon metal, but to work upon men. So much more excellent were the gifts as the tabernacle to be pitched was a greater and more perfect tabernacle. What he's talking about, as we've learned from our study of the tabernacle, is the body of Christ itself being joined together as the place where God would dwell. I thought about our ministry as a church And I thought multiple things about this, largely out of gratitude, but how important it is for us to remember that the ministry that God's given us within the church is first a ministry to Him. If you serve anywhere in this place, let it first be seen as an act of worship unto God. And secondly, as a ministry to His people and to all of those who are not yet His people, those who have not been born again by faith in Christ, who is the Son of God. Um, we have people who have been called, empowered by the Spirit, equipped with incredible gifts that the Lord means to work through. And He wants to work in you and through you, not just to use you, but to work in you. The joy of having God work in you and work through you to steward the gifts that He's given you as an act of worship to Him and to build up the body of Christ. The Lord has given us a church-building ministry, and I see it everywhere I look around our church. The way that you give your time, invest your skill sets, um, leverage your experience, 
shed tears with brothers and sisters walking through suffering, the way that you pray. And I think about all the sort of um, ministry areas of our church, like our setup team, who show up long before the sun to make sure that we have a place to meet each week, giving their energy and time and sweat I praise God for the family ministries of our church where people steward their gifts in teaching and curriculum to come alongside moms and dads and to disciple the next generation. I'm grateful for this band of skilled musicians who stand on this platform each week and invest their time uh, sort of creating the soundtrack where the Trails Church can sing praise to the Lord and all the people who serve in our tech team and running front of house sound and pushing uh, advance on the slides, from printing the bulletin, people who administrate all the things going on in the background of our church so that things might happen, Uh, investing on the trellis so that the vine might grow. I'm so grateful. How about community group leaders who invest their time to, on the front lines of disciple making, to facilitate a place within homes where people can grow in their faith, or our hospitality team, who extend to every person that walks through that front door of this uh, elementary school the warm welcome of Christ, or our finance team who uses expertise in spreadsheets and financial strategy to make sure the whole financial side of our church honors the Lord and advances the mission. Our staff work constantly to serve the Lord and you and then our elders. God has given us an incredible group of men that I have the deep joy of serving alongside who who are here as an act of worship to God and to minister to his people. That's you. You see that's happening everywhere? People stewarding, leveraging, investing their time, their talents, their resources, their money for the glory of God and for the advancement of the gospel right here where God in his wisdom has called us. I want you to turn over with me to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It's on page 1992. If you're new to the Bible... Uh, every Bible has a different page. Pa- pagination is the normal word, but like it has a different pagination. So I say 1992. If you're new to the Bible, that's, it's a different page in everybody's Bible. It's just a dad joke. <laughs> you, you don't even have to laugh. I'm just going to keep giving them. And uh, Canon actually asked me a couple of, I used that joke a few weeks ago, and Canon's like, why did you say that? <laughs> well, son, because I'm old. And uh, your mother thinks I'm funny, so I'm just going to keep saying these things. So it's on page 1992. Uh, Let it not be lost on us that Bezalel was instrumental in building the place where God's people would gather. In a similar way, the Lord has called you to a specific ministry to build up the body of Christ. Listen to what Peter writes. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. As each has received a gift, as each has received a gift. Who's received a gift? Each. Use it to serve one another. Are you meant to keep it to yourself? No. As good stewards of God's varied grace. And then here he uses a couple of 
illustrations of this. He says in verse 11, whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So, Trails Church, hear this call to ministry to help build up the church. Each of you, each of you, Peter says, have received a gift, some spiritual gift. By the way, those lists of gifts we find in the New Testament aren't comprehensive. They're just ideas of the ways that God gifts us naturally that he now wants to use supernaturally to help build up the body of Christ so that God might be glorified and the kingdom might extend. And so to each of us, that's all of us, who has received a gift, let us use it as good stewards of God's grace, all to the glory of God, which leads us to our third and final point. Let us see that this was a God-glorifying ministry. Sometimes, even in the way that a passage is arranged and organized, it communicates significance to us. And in the way the first 11 verses of Exodus chapter 31 is written and arranged, it communicates to us with significance. You do have to look at it carefully to see, but here's the observation. The ministry the Lord calls us to is from Him, through Him, and to Him. It's from Him, it's through Him, and to Him. Look, look for yourself at the text. See how this passage is saturated with God at work. Verse 1 begins with God himself speaking, See, I have called by name Bezalel. And then look at the middle of the text, now in verse 6. So at the very beginning we have the Lord. Now look in the very middle of it. Behold, I have appointed with him a holy app. And finally, look at 11. Verse 11 says, According to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. There's a powerful structure to this passage. In the beginning, and in the middle, and in the end, God is the center of attention. You see that? God is the center of attention. He's the main idea. It's His name. And his voice that ring through every verse. And we're not to forget that the entire work is his work. And it all exists for his glory. The gifts that God gave to Bezalel to craft. Imagine having seen this golden lampstand. Or the beautiful cherubim made of pure gold over the mercy seat in the Ark of the Covenant. It took a lot of skill to make that. But the tension was never to be set on the maker of the thing, but on the glory of God. The supernatural talent that God gave uh, the men and women who were making the curtains that we read of threaded with gold and purple and blue and scarlet that would adorn the holy of holies. They would be literally the thing that would create the place where God would meet with men. Imagine being one of the women that, that sewed that together. I can't sew anything. Just imagine the women that sewed that. It wasn't so that on Monday morning they could be walking with the ladies and say, you know, I made that. <laughs> I don't know what the accent was, but that's not the point. And, and, and no, Aholiab, 
it, it wasn't that God gave Aholiab these administrative and teaching abilities to oversee this crew so he could brag on what a great leader he was. So he could say, I am him. None of that stuff here. Nor did he walk around saying, you know, without me, this whole place would fall apart. That was never in the heart of Aholiab. No, he was just being faithful to the word God had called him with attention all pointed at God. God entrusted Bezalel with the ability, the ability to create beautiful art and put on display the glory of God who is all beautiful, the source of beauty itself. He graced the women to craft beautiful curtains to put his own beauty on display. He gifted Aholiab with leadership and wisdom so that he could lead the people to flourish. For them to work in concert to see something so glorious be constructed. The place where God would meet with his people and all to the praise of the God who redeems. As I thought about a summary of this passage, one New Testament text came to mind that I think does well to serve as a banner that hangs over uh, the first part of this chapter. It's found in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. It says this, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, Work heartily as for the Lord. In your vocation, in the way that God has gifted you, skilled you to live in the world, to provide for your family, work heartily under the Lord. Uh, when you're in your home, the place that God has set you with the people he's surrounded you with, work heartily there as unto the Lord. Within the church family, with the gifts and skills God's given you, work heartily unto the Lord. All aimed at his glory. There's a, there's a call to ministry that we see from of old here given to Israel. There is a call for you and me to ministry right here today. Guys, there is so much that the Lord wants to do in and through you. And it will take all of us in the sharedness of the ministry he's called us to. Think about even with our mission statement. The very beginning of it says, we exist to glorify God. The chief end of the Trails Church is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And we want to do that with all of our might, working heartily under the Lord. And so even going back to the question I asked earlier, how are you stewarding the ministry God has given you? If you're not involved, actively pursuing, working heartily under the Lord in the body of the Trails Church, I want you to hear me say, we need you. We need you. We need the gifts that God's given you. We need the Spirit of God who has empowered you. We need the ways that He's equipped you in order to reach full maturity. It takes a diversity of gifts in order for the body to grow and be strong. What has God called you to? What has He empowered you to do? What has He equipped you to do? And then go to our website. Look for ways that you can serve. Talk to one of the elders. Look for ways you can be involved. What ideas do you have? The greatest days are ahead of us, and it will take all of us to hear and to fulfill this call to ministry the Lord has given us. Let's pray by his grace that we would together 
See him do remarkable things for the glory of his name. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your word and the example we have and these people from long ago that speak to us today. We thank you for the ministry that you've called us to as your people. Empower us, equip us. God, for the sake of your glory here in Collin County and to the ends of the earth, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from The Trails Church. We hope you have been encouraged, equipped, and edified by time spent together in God's Word. And again, if you'd like to find out more about The Trails Church, visit our website, thetrails.org.